This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. And then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your host, comedian and radio personality, Maggie Mayfield, and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y-Tunes Shuffle. So you grew up as an... <laughs> hey, here we go. This is Y-Tunes Shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's what this is. We're, we're, we're sober, right? <laughs> yep. Okay. For the moment. Uh, no whiskey in that coffee. Oh, I'm no. Maggie Mayfield, your host. I'm not a whiskey gal. I'm, no. I'm a rum, rum girl. Rum, 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 rum. I can hear that. Welcome, David Earl Waterman, my co-host, a.k.a. Hollywood Secret Weapon. Hello. Do I remember how to do this? You're what fine. We're loosey-goosey. There's yeah. been earthquakes. I'm rattled. Oh, we're shaking. We're... That's, that's the best part of it. Well, congrats it. to you, Maggie, as your career continues to blossom and in your voiceover career, you've yes. got to be tight and you've got to be right, and this is where you can relax. Thank you. Yeah. It's just very... This, this <laughs> is your break, right? Are. This should be a break for you. Yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah. And happy for our guest today, voiceover actor actor, a huge personality, Doug Birch. Welcome to the show. Thank Doug you, Birch. thank you. And there's coffee here, so I'm yeah, a plenty of free happy coffee. camper. Is there whiskey in that one? No, no, it's not the Irish thing. That's after three somewhere. Uh, okay. That weird time of day. That's right. Too I do, late for coffee, too early for whiskey. Uh, wow. So? You yes. grew up as an army brat. I did us. indeed, yes. Some of the can you rattle off some of the places that you have lived? Uh Okinawa, Wiesbaden, Germany, Athens, Greece. Athens, uh, Greece. Yeah. Wow. We had a war in, against Greece. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I, mean, I think we've only had one weekend where we haven't been at war so that's right. So. Yeah, I guess you're wow. Yeah. And that was taken up with some kind of parade, no doubt. Did you go to international schools or base schools? Base schools, schools. Yeah, yeah. 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 Post schools and it was, you know, a whole, it's a it's a military thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, I would see AG44 Army green and i'd start crying and you know so but it's real interesting uh during vietnam my dad who was a, obviously a career man uh to watch him turn against the war which was fascinating wow yeah yeah, yeah. and because it wasn't a military action it was a police action and him being a military man he said this is not what we do we don't go in and police we go in we do our job and then Mm. Everyone else takes over. So for him to turn on the war was fascinating. What was Dad's MOS? Uh, he was uh, in rocketry. He was, uh, yeah, he Nike Ajax, Nike Hercules. So we were stationed in all the hotspots. Wiesbaden, Germany was one. During of the Cold War? Yeah, during the Cold Vietnam War. Vietnam and Cold yeah. War. And in fact, he was at the, when Kennedy um, reviewed the troops in Germany in he was in that, so it was like fascinating to go through the pictures, and he goes, "Yeah, there's the president," and you know, and it was just amazing <laughs> yeah, to see this. Cool. But yeah, to, to to see the change in him was fascinating. So, so yeah, so that was and El Paso. We spend a lot of time in El Paso because White Sands Proving Ground mm -hmm. is what the Fort Bliss would use. Mm -hmm. So he was always over there testing rockets. Okay. The sad part is <clears throat> for him because he was in part of the uh, uh, original Manhattan Project, working on those and witnessing those. That the government every five years would do a a medical check on him because so many veterans and all and my mom actually eventually got compensation for that from him after he passed away so because it was like he was part of that group mm -hmm. there was such a large group that were affected by the the nuclear radiation and all that that they received because wow. you know they they had sunglasses on and stand up and go oh, look at that sucker coming in at us and. They had no idea. What no was protective yeah. clothing. Not at all. No understanding. Yeah. Wow. Now, when you were a young Doug, did you want to grow up to be like Dad? No. <laughs> <laughs> when you were a little, what, that, what did you want to be when you grew up? Actually, I, I actually wanted to be an actor, pretty much, or an, an artist. I, and you did that. Yeah, yeah. It was a strange thing. I, I, art was what I started in. Um, I was going to be an architect, and I went to college and was majoring in that, but I got a scholarship as act, in acting. And I thought, well, this is a cool thing. I can play and then get my... And then I realized it was going to be seven years to get your architectural accreditation and all that. And I said, screw it. I'll be an actor. And I'm You got a scholarship to be an actor? <laughs> yeah. Like, how does that work? You're bouncing around all these different schools. Where did you get well, a foundation? I, I actually... The last school I was at was in, in Texas, and um, there was a competition, um, a one-act festival, and the one of the, the judges was a um, teacher at a school in Texas, and he actually said, you know what, I, I want to offer you a scholarship. And strangely enough, I was in in German, I'm not in Germany, in Greece when I got the 
um, application to actually get the scholarship. Hmm. And, and, you know, would you like a scholarship? I'm so I had to fill out this form. And it, now you have to understand in, in Greece, there's a lot of Uzo and Retsina and lots of great alcohol. And, <laughs> and, and, and I'm there filling out this form. And my dad was there with me. And, uh, and one of the questions was, uh, uh, what, are you, what are you exceptionally good at? Oh, what, are you, what are you known for? And I said, hmm, what am I known for? And he said, ah, you know, say you've been known for walking on water. And I went, okay, great. So I put that, forgot about it. So I sent it in, so got the scholarship. And the first day at uh, class when this professor who had, had offered me the, the scholarship, he said, he called the name Doug Birch. I go, here, sir. And he goes, hmm, so you walk on water? And I go, Oh man! Wow! <laughs> so that set, a, set an inter- interesting tone for the environment oh, from then on. But God. it was great. He was a great professor and a uh, uh, wonderful man. Taught me a lot. And, and just about being able to tap in, because again, growing up as a military brat, mm-hmm. you you learn yes sir, no sir. I'd never had told my father I loved him. I had always respected him. Mm-hmm. It was a different thing. And it wasn't until I got into the theater that. That I realized that I, it was okay to have a, a feminine side. Yes, and that I and so it wasn't until I was in my twenties that I actually told my dad I loved him, which mm. was just broke down all these walls that we had always had. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a cool experience to have. And so it's like, okay, maybe I'm on an interesting path here, you know, as a, as a person. That's why I wish theater were just like one of the standard offerings. Every student mm-hmm. would have some kind of, especially in the United States, we're like the kings of media. Yeah, we have no media literacy. We have no like introduction to the arts no. and just. How how powerful? Because me too. The hugging. Yes, I'm not from a hugging family, right, but when I got right. in the theater, everybody's That's hugging. Right. That's right. Yeah. And it becomes a whole different dynamic, and you start yeah. going, "Oh, it's okay to feel." Yeah, I don't have to quote yeah. unquote be the man. Right. You know, and I can hide. hug without yes. an erection. That's, That's right. Something That's that you right. Can... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be funny. I didn't work. We're laughing. <laughs> well, okay. well, maybe you can, but not everyone. <laughs> Mom, I'm sorry. This have, is new for me. I don't have that kind of control. I don't... <laughs> I'll tell you, I've had this discussion a lot over the years with um, women friends of mine, and they've all said the same thing. We grew up believing that men didn't have feelings. Right. And so in your mid to late 20s, it was weird to discover that you you did. You did. Yeah. And, it was okay. and then it was kind of yet. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you do care about things. Yeah. It, it's cool. interesting how many military kids I know that either went into theater or religion. Mm. It's very bizarre that kind of change that it's like, or people that kids that travel a lot. Because you're always the new kid, you're always moving around. And What's that Robert Duvall movie where he's like the Marine? Oh. Son? Uh, Great Santini. The Great Santini. And that was my dad, except he didn't die at the end. Okay. That was that's what okay. growing up. I mean, he was that <laughs> hardcore. See, I went. I was at Fort Jackson and oh, at okay. Fort Leonard Wood, and I did six in the in the reserves All and right. a lot of active duty time. Yeah. And uh, I'm from very liberal parents. Right. Like my parents consciously did not, you know, participate in Vietnam War. So, yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's quite it's an interesting whole, deal. Yeah, it was a whole different time period, and strangely enough, to see that evolution in in someone like my dad who was a military man a lifer and to go okay in fact that when someone says well what are you i said i'm a military brat and they go oh what does that mean i said well you know i i had to join regardless <laughs> i didn't have a choice i was born into it so. right yeah yeah you're, you're beyond drafted <laughs> that's right <Yeah. clears throat> to be so lucky conscripted <laughs> so here's the timeline you're born you learn how to march. Right, right. Uh, Salute. Your, your, your mom and dad, obviously, and brothers and sisters had open dialogue and caring. Oh, and yeah. Funny. Tell me right. walk on water. Yeah. He'd be a complete, like, rigid guy. Yeah, no, no. He was... The name of the college you studied acting at for a scholarship? Uh, I started at a junior college uh, in Texas and then transferred to Baylor University. Baylor? Yeah. Wow. How Baylor. deep? Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> and now... Within... Uh, within, within and then reason. you made it. And, and, then, that, and then you made and it. And then I thought, well, I do regional theater, and I bounced around, and I... Uh, moved to San Francisco and worked at theater up there, and then finally said, you know what, I think if I'm going to make it, I'm going to go to L.A. At least it's warm if I starve, Why as opposed not? to New York. That's Everyone else feel. I know went to New York, and it's like, yeah. it's cold there. Or Seattle. I've got a lot of friends in Seattle that work all the time. What was your first job when you got to L.A.? Um, first thing f- that brought you in money, doesn't matter if it was acting or not. Oh, it was a stained glass. I had studied, what? yeah. Uh, again, this is, this is the strange, <laughs> eclectic life I've led. I had... Uh, from my art in in college, I was working as uh, um, with a couple of artists out in the business, and they had were in a stained glass company called LL Sam's, which was a 
massive. They worked all over the, the globe and, and installation stuff. And I came in as a designer, and I said to the – when I was hired, I said, I don't know how to build these. Let me let me learn how to do this. So they put me out in the shop with – I guess Raul was, had been doing it 40 – 50 years, yeah. and he taught me what right and wrong and how to build. So I really learned like that, and then I started doing installations for them. So when I got it to L.A., I was like, i got to find a gig. And there was a, an amazing little uh, stained glass studio in Venice, uh, Night Studios, and I went down there, and, and uh, one of the guys who became a good friend, he said, well, you know, what do you know about glass? And I'm like, I said, well, I've designed glass. And I said, well, let's see you cut some glass. I'm like, oh. okay. So that was the big thing. I knew how to cut glass, and, and he said, yeah. okay. And so they hired me, and it, it, was, it was great. It was a amazing what years a to work there. What a job, yeah. 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 Cool. That's so, you know, just, just kind of You didn't have stuff. to wait tables. No, no, you no. You did the no. dream. No, yeah. <laughs> I was an artist down in Venice, and it was like hanging out with all the cool people. And it was yeah. like, it was a great, great space and great time. And then beautiful because of the recession, the, the business folded. And so I wound up a buddy of mine I had known at, uh, in theater had gotten a gig working doing uh, videos, rock and roll videos, mm -hmm. when MTV was just starting. So he said, dude, you know, they're always looking for people. You can swing a hammer. Come on, let's play. So I did that for a while, and then I moved into working on sets and theater and, 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 and film. And so it was like, you know, so I had that background yeah. of, of being able to segue right into television series and then, you know, working construction and then films. In fact, Fabulous Baker Boys, I spent... Oh, I guess a week in the bathroom in Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> because, uh -huh. because we were doing the sets up there. In, in, uh, what a great in, film. Yeah. What so, a great film that was. So it was a blast. So that's the kind of eclectic things I've been doing with my life. That's amazing. <laughs> and then fast forward to 2017, I believe, yeah. and I know you through mm -hmm. Chad Ridgely, previous guest, right. and the movie Massacre on Isle 12. A fun movie. It's yeah. a classic. <laughs> See, I, I put it up there with Die Hard. Die Hard and Massacre should be the Christmas movies. Yeah. <laughs> no, forget this miracle on you know, Forget that nonsense. I'm sure the they movie. are for yeah. a lot of people. I, I don't doubt that for a minute. These are good movies. Yeah. <laughs> and walk me through, how did, how did you meet the, the gang? How did you get involved in that? I had worked with uh, the director on that project, Jim, on something else, and he brought me in. I met Chad and and we got along great and he said hey you want to come play and I said yeah and so we went down there yeah. and it was a blast it yeah. was such you know it was all night shoots so we were all kind of goofy anyways yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. sleep deprivation does that to you so <laughs> we had a blast doing it and like I said some amazing people um, they, and I know that he's been working on a couple of other things uh, you know we kind of stay in touch yes. as best we can but in, yeah. in this business it's tough you're always Hustling and looking for other things and working with other people. and you, it's, well, It is like the military. You create an instant family. Yeah. And that's the thing. We had this great family for that movie. And you go, oh, and you want to stay in touch with those people as best you can. Well, yep. you had a great character. And I just want to play a little bit since this is a show about music. Do it. And you improvised. <laughs> do it. <laughs> You're going to do the sailor song. <laughs> it is so great. You're a seaman on my tight little ship. You love to go on a trip. Whenever we are at sea, all you can think about is me. <laughs> <laughs> and you totally improvised that. It yeah. wasn't in the script no, no, at all. No, no, no. It wasn't in the script. There was there were a couple of lines, and I thought, this this guy is so weird. It would be perfect. And I didn't tell anyone. No. I just pulled it on him. And I thought, okay, let's just. And then they actually <laughs> said, okay, do you have more to this? I said, yeah. So I, ha I actually have a whole song. In fact, uh, <clears throat> we talked about, well, maybe we'll put it on the, the, the CD afterwards, <laughs> you know, the musical version of it. But <laughs> Yeah. Well, it made it into the film as well. Is this yes. part of the, the military? Is that what that's from? What? This? No. Just total just, improv. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just I thought this, this is a great chance to show a different side of this character. Weird Kipper character. is just so bizarre. Uh -huh. He's someone that, you know, he's got that kind of like, oh, let's all play, and we're all a family here, and it's like they're all dysfunctional beyond belief. Yeah. <laughs> can't get out of their own way. No, and he can't. Well, so. my mom loved Mr. Kipper <laughs> so much. <laughs> you were fantastic in that movie. Uh, that being said, can we dive into your your real five face? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. The music portion. Oh. Why the tunes shuffle. There we go. Song number one. Come on, come on, come on and take it. Take another little piece of my heart, no, baby. Oh, yeah. 
from the Great American Songbook, man. Oh, wow. Janis Joplin. Yeah. Peace of my heart. Peace of my heart, yeah. Why this song? She, to me, is like, uh, the first time I heard her, it was like, oh my God, where is this woman coming from? Mm. The emotion, the connection, the the, the depth, the, I mean, the, the passion that she sings with. Yeah. And it was like, holy crap, I mean... Who is this? And it was just it. It's still to this day. I I hear her and I go, oh, just everything in your body says this. This woman is living this song. And that's I watched a lot of these. Um, just new shows called uh, Songland or something like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it's fascinating watching how how not only the the artists work on the songs, but then you go, okay, how are they going to transform it to there? And you're going, I can't imagine what this woman would do with some of the songs mm-hmm. that are out there now. I just would love to hear her. If she were still around, you know, she died at 27 and you just go, what a loss. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's so many powerful women singers, but the raw emotion that she was willing to connect with just, there's been never been anyone like it. Do you remember hearing it for the first time? Uh, Yeah, I think I was, I was in a Volkswagen Beetle driving (laughs) and it was, someone threw it on the radio, some station and I just went, oh my God, who is this? And it was just... I was obsessed with her after that, just listening to her. And then I, you know, she was from Port Arthur, Texas, which was fascinating to me because, in, and then you, when you started really finding out about her life, how horrible it was, mm-hmm. you know, how she was, and, and again, you know, teenagers are the worst, but they just belittled her and just, and she, she rose to this position. I mean, recently I watched the old Dick Cavett interview with her, and it was just fascinating how she was still this, this shy, um, insecure little girl. And you just went, wow. And then she got up on stage and it was like, man, just step back because she's, she owns it. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, and I've always felt that way about her. She's, and there are other greats. I mean, uh, Aretha Franklin, you know, there, there are other powerful women singers. But for me, Janice was just, she was amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Did you know anything about Port Arthur, Texas? Like, yeah, yeah. I had relatives that lived in Port what Arthur. What was Texas, that like? Is that just a small Texas town? No, it's it's a coastal town. It's just you know, it's a it's a Texas town, and and like any <laughs> town, there's there's that kind of uh, you're either the richest girl in town or you're everyone else, mm-hmm. and she yeah. was everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's always that that um, with your liking or not, there's that uh, uh, caste system we have, whether we admit it or not, we have in America. Oh yeah. For sure. and, and that was a strange thing going back to the military, Brad. It was it was strange coming to the states <clears throat> and being. I mean, I was always told, "Don't beat up a a, a a general's kid." You know, you can get in a fight with any kid, but don't don't beat up a general's kid because there's a rank system. Yep. But here to see the caste system and going, "Wow, this is bizarre." I mean, I wasn't I wasn't really privy to uh, racism until I got back to the states. Wow, which was interesting, and that was a whole whole different animal to me. So yeah. You know, as a kid, you go, well, wait a second. You know, I, why, why can I not talk to this kid? Well, he's black. And I go, yeah, because I grew up with kids in all, yeah. all nationalities and all in the military. So it was, it was odd to me that that became a big issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you have brothers and sisters? I have a sister, yeah. Younger? Younger, yeah. She lives in uh, uh, Chicago. She was she was born in Okinawa. In fact, that we were stationed there when she was born. So oh, wow. I've always had my doubts about her. So. <laughs> Great kid, but <laughs> do you guys as 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 older friends? Do you now do you talk about that as a kid, like remembering? Oh, this is a well, racism is a thing. Yeah, one of the things for us, both of us, is, is we travel and getting out, and so it was. Once we became quote unquote of age, we split, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's it's interesting the dynamics now with so many people, the kids still living at home and still being around, and and so no ours was like no we got to get out and we got to see the world, and it was odd to be in a situation where people hadn't been any further than maybe five hundred a thousand miles outside of the town, and we're going there's a huge freaking world out if there that. Yeah. If, if yeah. That. yeah if that yeah if that yeah <clears throat> and so it was very odd to us. That that the scope was so limited to this little box, mm-hmm. and we had seen the world and go wait wait there there are other religions there are other nationalities there are other cultures that that not only you can grow and learn from but are fantastic that we could be you know we could actually use some of their their feelings and so for us it was a very yeah once we get out boom we're history we're moving on so. yeah what's she doing in Chicago <laughs> she is a milliner she does hats and uh, she's an amazing artist amazing yeah, yeah. Wow. Kate Birch is her name so nice. yeah, yeah she's she's pretty phenomenal 
I just imagine that VW bug. <laughs> and I remember my Uncle Mike had a VW. We all had VW. Oh, my yeah. first was, car was, was a 66 red bug. Ah, yeah, I mean, ah. it was just the, the car. No, my and first guess- car was a Model A. Model A. I found it in a garage, and I convinced the guy to sell it to me for two hundred dollars. And so, yes. oh my God! <laughs> then I went to the VW. Th- that trumps everybody. <laughs> then yeah. I went to the VW. But the VW, I'm imagining in my head right now, and, and especially when you're hearing probably over AM radio. Yeah. Oh yeah, of, know, course. Uh, of course. Janis That's what Joplin I'm when she's first putting that record That's out. Right. When she's first putting out. Uh, you know, I see my uncle Mike's uh, VW, and he had a l- the little uh, foot. Gas pedal that was shaped oh, like yes, a person's yes. foot. The, the, the funny foot. The, the funny the, foot. So, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, what you yeah, the four on the floor. <laughs> so, what are you now at this stage in your life hearing Janis Joplin? Are you like, I, I, I cringe whenever I say the word hippie because I got in a big fight with my mom when I said, We're a hippie family. <laughs> when I was growing up, I said, We're a hippie family. And my mother looked at me sternly and she said, We oh, are not, not hippies, <laughs> we are freaks. <laughs> We're freaks, <laughs> yes. you know, and I just—that's—that's—that's that's, yeah. that's the commune. So is that what, that's what's going on with you at this point in the VW bug? Is yeah. it like yeah. the age of yeah. Aquarius? Yeah, I was the freaking long-haired, you know, cool. guy. Um, it was it was uh, definitely hardcore, and that was sweet. The, that was the thing. It even happened when. Uh, <laughs> Just, just the whole concept of well, yeah, I can grow it, you know, hair the the musical, you sure, know, long as you sure. can grow it. And yeah, it was yeah. like, yeah, why not? And and in college, it wasn't a problem. It was like, especially in the theater department, we were kind of the freaks anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was that. And uh, and I was the political cartoonist for the newspaper, which was a, a fascinating. Wow. Thing. Oh, I'd love that to see cool. some of those. Yeah. That was that was a trip. I, I won an award for a Nixon cartoon. I did. That's right. Wow. I go back to Nixon. That's amazing. <laughs> I cherry. Yeah. yeah, that's it amazing. Was, very cool. When you say you do art, you meant all the art. That's yeah, yeah. I started out. Uh, my oldest son is actually uh, an illustrator and a storyboarder mm-hmm. for the industry, and that's what he's doing. So yeah, so wow. Yeah, he he luckily picked up on. He's one of those people that uh, started out as as an artist doodling, and I said, you know, you're really good. You need to get on. Nah, nah, yeah. And he never believed his dad. And then when someone else, he won a couple of awards at Hamilton High School when he was in the communication department. And then he got a scholarship to uh, or, or um selected to go to Ringling School of Art and Design. So he, That's was, great. he was there for four years. And you know, so it, it it kind of that part, it's it's fascinating to see him take something that I, I started to do and I thought, no, nah, you know, I'm gonna do this other thing and so but but I found ways, you know, the political cartoon posters, in fact that that leads into a, a question we'll ask later, which I'll get back to <laughs> that okay. you said okay, you, cool. you were gonna you were gonna tell, ask me about. Okay. Well then shall we move on to song number two? Let's do it. This is like heaven. This is like heaven to me. What a pick! This is like heaven. (laughs) Everyone's just cheesing so hard right now. This is this is like hardcore. Why? Where does this take you? Take us there. This just by so you know is called the Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. It's magnificent. It's so amazing. First off, the, the talent in this movie is, is incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all all great people, amazing careers. And when I first saw this and, and heard, I thought, <laughs> this, this like emotionally, it's what movie music should do to you. It should take you to that level. And as a little kid, again, wanting, you know, I would ride the, the sofa arm with, you know, as, <laughs> yes. as watching. And so this was like perfect. This has that kind of like, yeah, we're going into that. And you've got Eli Wallach playing mm. Calvera, which mm. is just like, you know, uh-huh. I don't believe it. You know, it's like just so great. Yeah. So, so emotionally, it, for me, it's like, okay, movie, movie music is so important. And it's kind of lost its way. And I don't feel like there's theme songs like this anymore that hold up. I wish, I mean, this, strangely enough, this became the Marlboro theme song <laughs> for the cigarette. Uh, that's right. Yeah. This is one of those weird things where everyone goes, oh, yeah, that's some, if they don't know, they go, oh, that's a Marlboro song. I said, no, it's the Magnificent Seven yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to correct you right there. So, yeah. That's an interesting thing that you just said, that movie music has lost its way, especially in an age where all of a sudden they're really fascinated with biopics. Yes. With big rock stars and musicians mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and before that we were seeing complete albums from from movies, movies yes. that were comprised of songs that have already been written and released right. so now it's being re-released or re-recorded right. yeah and it's, it's incredible because it, again you think of of this time well you go 
this bridge on the river Kwai, you know, I mean, we know that and you Mm -hmm. go immediately, you connect to that. And, and now someone goes, oh yeah, that's the theme song from Fast and the Furious 17. And you're going, I, it sounds like every other generic song. (laughs) I I don't, yeah, it doesn't stand out. Yeah, Cause I'm not tapped into Hamilton or Rent even. (gasps) Like I I missed out. I'm still not there yet. No, I know. I just I'm, now see I, somebody revive Maggie. She oh. just fainted, <laughs> and I do this constantly because there's so much, there's so, like, much so, yeah. so so much music, so little time. But, but man. what what jumps to you really to the forefront, and you go, "Wow, that's uh, I mean the Pink Panther song." You know, yeah. that's, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, West Side Henry Story, see, West Side Story. My yeah. dad doing West Side Story at Ithaca Senior High School. He was Lieutenant see? Shrank, oh. and he dragged us down there at six years old, <laughs> and. From that point on, every word of dialogue. Yes. Every word of dialogue. Now, now, interestingly yeah. enough, this movie, mm-hmm. my oldest, at one time, when he was probably eight, seven, eight years old, knew every word to it. And really? his, his uh, surrogate aunt got in touch with Eli Wallach before he passed away and said, there's this little seven-year-old kid who thinks you're you're a god, and, and would you mind signing, autographing, and it sent it, Josh, you know, you know, thank you. And so he signed it, Calvera, and it was like so cool. You know, it's one of those great moments. And so Josh, when he was in high school, he actually had a a film class that he was studying, and the uh, instructor said something about, he was talking about movies and all, and and Josh had mentioned this movie, and he said, wait, you know, he goes, well, that movie, and and he goes, no, no, I know, it's based on Seven Samurai. And he goes, you know, Seven Samurai. He goes, yeah. Well, my my dad, you know, that was uh-huh. his old. And I said, yeah. So his final, they had to compare and contrast something, and he actually asked if he could compare and contrast Ride the High Country with the Wild Bunch because they were both directed by Sam Peckinpah. Wow. So the fact that he knew that, yeah. And the instructor goes, yeah, let's let's go for it. Well, yeah. Army let's Brat, Theater Brat. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Do you happen to remember what the theater was you saw the Magnificent Seven in? Uh, I think it was the. 24th Street Theater in Waco, Texas. In Waco, Texas. In Waco, Texas. What a great place to because, see it, too, Because yeah. that's also where I saw John Wayne's The Alamo. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, <laughs> so yeah. Because that was, again, that's another, the the Green Leaves of Summer. That was another yeah. theme song. For, but they did a whole album with the music from that. So you're right. At that time, they would do albums, LPs, yeah. you know, from movies. It was just uh, n- more way to sell the that's right. movie. That's right. Yeah. But now they don't do that. They don't They're do going that. backwards. It's a shame because again, you go, Oh wow, looks not West Side Story is a perfect example. You mm-hmm. think of all the great music. Well, I there. can't wait to see what Spielberg's gonna do with that. Yes. <laughs> I cannot wait. <laughs> hey, you've been back to Baylor since uh, I went back, um I had a professor that was retiring from there, uh probably Six, seven years ago, maybe longer. That's when I was there, yeah. about six years ago. Okay. Ken okay. Starr was still there. Yeah, was still there. Yeah. yeah, Ken yeah. Starr. That's it's right. a beautiful campus. Yeah. Really beautiful well, campus. Well, it finally, it was interesting because the, the new theater is so different from the old theater. The old theater was uh, had this tiny proscenium, um, proscenium stage. that Actually, Paul Baker had done three sides, and there was this whole history of how it had evolved. And, and then they had a little thrust stage that was great that had, mm. you know, entrances and exits from the from the audience, which was just wonderful. But, cool, yeah. man. Well, you weren't wrong about this song. It was selected for the U.S. National Film Registry by Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Wow. I got got good taste. Wow. (laughs) I didn't, that's an amazing nugget. That's an amazing nugget. Yeah. Good to know. So you got good taste. Yes, indeed. Well, twisted. Twisted. (laughs) Doug, this is your song number three. Every great night in New York City. Every yeah. single solitary yeah. great night ever had yeah. in New York City. Wow, thank you. San Francisco in the same way. It's like <laughs> yeah, any, yeah, yeah, any great yeah, city in the world. Yeah, you go into a bar and you got someone playing. It's like uh, back when they used to smoke in the bars. And oh, go, yeah. <laughs> it was just. What's the song? Who's the artist? Why is this important? Dave Brubeck, take five. Take five. Uh, it's. It, it, I, I love jazz too. Again, I really haven't found a. A genre of music I don't like, but but trying yeah. to be eclectic for what I really am turned on to. This was like to me, just kind of like quintessential jazz, mm-hmm. cool jazz, you know. I mean, I, I love Miles and all, but but Dave just like this this laid it down, and 
I will be in L.A. 405 parking lot or the 10 parking lot, and I'll turn this on, and I'll go, just breathe. Just mm-hmm. just sit back and relax. Mm-hmm. This is this is the epitome of late-night FM radio. You're going to sit back and go, yeah, okay, yeah, life is good. Yeah. And you just you just chill. Who introduced you to jazz? Um, that's interesting. I'm, I'm not really sure. I think it's one of those things where I stumbled across it and, you, you know, back when you flip through dials and mm-hmm. you at FM and you hit something, you go, wow, that's, that's fascinating. I've never heard that. Uh, uh, what are they doing there? And then you start, or for me, I, I go down the rabbit hole. I mean, that's the one bad thing about the internet now is I, I'll get mm-hmm. on a subject and I'll just go down that rabbit hole forever. Yep. And jazz was like that. I said, okay, now I've got to start learning about all these other artists, Yeah, you know, Miles and Coltrane and all these great artists that are out there that at that time you had to go to a record store and find it and say, okay, well, I don't know this. And, and they might let you play it. Some of them still let you play it and just to hear what it was. You go, okay, this, this is cool. I want this one. And you, you start building your collection that way. And now, again, thankfully for, for the Internet and the music that's out there, YouTube, you can actually listen to these people and go, wow, I hadn't heard that. Or someone will say – a lot of friends that will go, oh, have you heard, checked out so-and-so? Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember um, Keith Jarrett's Cone concert. I was driving up with a buddy to San Francisco, and he had that. And he goes, oh, let me let me play this. And we, we listen to that, and it's like, oh, my God, this guy's improv. He's amazing. Just, you yeah. know, on and on. And you just go, yeah. And so so for me, it's it's another avenue. I'm always looking for, for artists, new artists, you know, um, to, and especially in jazz. Do your, do your, does your son introduce you to stuff? Do you guys go down that hole? Um, sometimes, yeah, he mm-hmm. does. Uh, I'm trying to think. Aquabats. He loves Aquabats. So, so he, so he turned me on to Aquabats. Cool. Which is a whole different, you know, it's like. I don't know anything about uh, exactly, them. Yeah. Exactly. Well, uh, uh, the Bobs, another one that we're not playing that uh-huh. I'd selected there, there were this weird group that someone, an acapella group that someone had turned me on to. And I said, acapella. Wow. That's a whole nother. I'd forgotten about that. So yeah, we listened to that and it was like, yeah, just, just a trip. To, to be out there and hear those sounds and spread them around. I did have to show him, though, that <clears throat> I, my, my youngest son, Zach, uh, he had, he said, oh, I want to I wanna play this. It's a, it's this, this new artist, yada, yada. And I said, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a Jimi Hendrix song. He said, no, no. And I said, I'm telling you, that's a Jimi Hendrix song. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I pulled out the LP and I put it on the turntable, still have an LP on the turntable, cool. put it on, and, and he's listening to it and he goes, so did you lay in the scratches too? And I go, don't start with me. Don't start with me. <laughs> Those were well-earned. Yeah. They were well-earned <laughs> well, scratches. But, but he heard, he goes, no, this is the original. This came from something. This guy didn't create yeah. this. This was yeah. from another artist, a much better artist as far as I'm I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> We're a little attached to them, too. Yeah. Do you know why they call it Take Five? Going to drop another nugget on you? Oh, I think I might know this. Yeah, what's the history behind that? Well, uh, well it was. it's taking a combination of mood and mind-altering substances. <laughs> oh, I like that. I was no. going to say, you know, take five minutes for a break so you can have a uh, smoke a doobie out back. <laughs> so, 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 so clearly we're both wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's, but I like where we're going. I know, we're, we're improvising. I was like, that's far we're, we're more romantic than what I'm about to tell you. It's called Take Five because Dave Brubig is one of the first musicians in jazz that wrote in 5-4 time signature uh, as opposed to 4-4 four, four time signature. Oh, that's, see, see, yeah. uh, there you so go. That's why you got to be take smart. Five, yeah. There's a smart answer to that. Right. Not a smart ass answer. Now, now, exactly. <laughs> but now me, because if I can't carry a tune in a bucket, and my ignorance of, of music, I can appreciate it, but I don't know the reality. When you say, 4-5, oh, it's like, yeah, whatever. And that's no that's the show. This is that's why Tune yeah. Shuffle for for people like, like us. Right. You know? It's a this learning the, process. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what this is. We, uh, there was one time Maggie and I had a guest on the show who oh, had God. a selection of rap songs. Oh wow! And you know I love rap. Yeah, yeah. So it was or no like heavy metal. It was heavy metal. Yeah, okay. Okay. Like heavy super metal. heavy metal. And uh, and and we we were on the fourth song, <laughs> and uh, and 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 we're like. Oh, this one really rocks. He goes, oh, I think you're playing my first one again. <laughs> it was the same song twice. You know, we just sort of brush by that. But I, I think about that from time to time. Ignorance is bliss. Why you yeah. shuffle? Yes. That's what, you know, this is for us. That makes me one of the happiest the people in the world. Yeah. yeah, the non-experts, the lovers of music. When you hear this song, though, it, 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 where does it take you? No, it takes me to a real calm place. It makes me. No, I mean, me, like, yeah. where in your life do you? Is there like fond memories, like of living in San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, and and a, and a couple of clubs I used to go to up there that would hang out, and you know, and you would hear 
musicians and you know it's the first place i saw robin williams at a club up there and it was oh! like yeah, yeah. Wow. you know yeah and you just you kind of go yeah those were good times those were those before were your kids living mm-hmm. in san francisco walk us through like a perfect night yeah in san francisco like in, in your best recollection like it would start where and end where well i lived on lombard street so i take the 30 stockton down to little italy and uh, watch the old guys play uh, bocce ball on the <laughs> ground, you know, uh, go to the Savoy Tivoli, usually have an anchor steam on tap, you know, might stop by City Lights Bookstore and hang out there and then go to a, a, a club in that area and just listen to jazz with a couple of friends and just, you know, and again, it was such a great city in terms of, at that time, getting around and, mm-hmm. and traveling. And you... You know, it was I was probably in better physical shape because if you walk the city with the hills yeah. and all, yeah. If you miss the bus, you go okay. Well, we'll just walk it and all. So I love but watching yeah. Days of Wine and Roses. Yes, you know that uh, that that version of San Francisco, yeah. and then the series with um, Michael Douglas, Streets of San Francisco, Streets of San Francisco, yeah. just like that time period. Yeah. It's like, and there's generations of wanted to emulate that that lifestyle. Yeah, and so. it was really uh, it was really great because you just would meet people all the time that you. It had a an ease to it, and there mm-hmm. there were there were places where you could go, and the same way with the theater community up there is is you got in with with people that that were working that eventually became big stars in the industry. But at that time, you know, we we were all just kind of like hanging out and and doing our thing. So cool, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I I I name drop and always like to stick my own business into everybody's interview, but uh, I'm shamelessly. Th- that kind of experience. I remember being in a village in New York, uh-huh. you know, because when I heard Take Five right now, it's blue o'clock in New York. Oh. It's like 4 a.m. Yeah. and we're walking yeah. home. And I remember like kicking it with these com- comedians, you know, having a smoke. Sure. With this kid, uh, John Stewart. <laughs> you know, and he was just all wiry and young. Yeah. And smoking Marlboro yeah. Lights. Yes. And he just came off, and Dave Chappelle is over there. Nice. It was like, so, and it was just, and I remember that's when I heard the expression that particular night of blue o'clock. My buddy Howard says to me, blue it's o'clock. blue o'clock, man. Yeah. And it's just before the sun's yeah, coming yeah. up. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, you know, again, it, it's a whole, it's an emotional thing. That's what music does for me. And that's, that's, I want to do a show where we as actors, and we're all actors right. here, so we can talk. But if we, we kind of an offshoot of Y Tune Shuffle almost, and instead of like improvising from audience uh, contributions, mm-hmm. we get a DJ with just instrumentals. And most of your improv has to be mine oh. under the music. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, like, as soon as I start hearing, uh, you know, take five. For some reason, I had a switchblade in my hand. Yes, absolutely. Uh, like, that's the first thing came out, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I just, <laughs> right I'm on my you. way to go in a ice a guy. <laughs> and it's a great, like, it's a Boy, mellow song. Boys. Yeah, so we'll, that, well, maybe yeah, we can, yeah. t- we can I, talk about doing it's some hardcore. music I mean, that's, improv. That's the thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's fascinating because I know some writers um, put music on. Uh, um, Scorsese, you talked about that. Yeah, going I'm not and surprised. Feel, yeah, and, and feeling, and he goes, you know, I go down these rows and I go feel something I'll pull it out I'll go okay and I'll put that on and I'll I'll imagine what's going on mm. and, and and you think about that's Mean Streets yeah that exactly yeah, that's, that's and you think about uh, Coppola in in The Godfather the music mm-hmm. is such a mm-hmm. and then what's it the, I just heard recently that Kubrick when he originally did 2001 the music was filler because they hadn't decided on what the music was and then once he said, no, I, I can't imagine any other music than this. Hmm. And then it became the whole thing about getting the rights to it because it wasn't. Right, right, wow. Right, right. But, you know, he locked into it and visually. And, but writers do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes I know when I'm sitting down trying to write something, it's like, okay, well, put on. And, and jazz, because it is, so much of it is just instrumental and you can go to different places. I and, love going yeah, those places. Yeah. I, I just, that's the whole thing for me. Well, you probably remember, I mean, uh, Peter Gunn and things like that that had these great yeah exactly those those are I want to do the show yeah. I'm going to do the show yeah. it's a goal is I'm, this uh, improv I'm under the music yeah. and it's we, yeah let's talk okay yeah. <laughs> this is definitely going to be like a radio show right <laughs> no live on stage <laughs> okay and what they're doing now folks is he's walking against the wind Dave looks like he's masturbating no that's a switchblade no 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 it's a switchblade well it's a very short switchblade <laughs> And now a message from our sponsor. Oh, Birch, dude, I caught that. I just let it slip in, oh, baby. You got it. Wow. See, Doug, this is your song number four. 
In the port of Amsterdam There's a sailor who sings Of the dreams that he brings From the wide open sea Doug, who is this? Uh, it's Jacques Brel. It's from the uh, musical Jacques Brel is Alive and Well and Living in Paris. Mm. And it's called Amsterdam. It's just... You know, first off, this he's Belgium, but this is all French originally that he did it, and um, his wordsmithing, if you will, is just brilliant in the imagery he conjures up, and uh, this whole musical, this whole album is just filled with great music of uh, passion, and just, you know, and I just remember the first time I heard this, I was actually... Uh, Again, it was someone who said, uh, you know, you, you like musicals? And I said, yeah, you know, okay. And he goes, i, I got to show you something that's a little different. It's not really musical. It's a, it's a review of this mm. um, writer's and musician's work. And I, he put it on, and it was like, man, listen to that. And, you know, so, and, I mean, David Bowie even did a, a, a version of this and himself. But this is the original that was done um, by the cast album. And it's just, you know, again— just beautiful words, just really how he connects things and you, the imagery, like poetry. And I think that's the thing that's sometimes missed in in the musicality of, of what goes on in writing a song, especially if it's, if it's not instrumental, is how the words are put together, the poetry and how it, it feels. I think that's one of the things that, that fascinates me about uh, rap right now is that they, they take words and they put the connections together and you're going man look at that and there's a whole uh, again that rabbit hole of the internet i was going down at how they they the couplets and the and the phrasing and the the beats and the yeah whole, for sure it's amazing it really is it's so it much really deeper is. than people give it or, or at least some people i know give it credit for mm-hmm. and you go no 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 look at how this is scatted together mm-hmm. and it is it's like taking scat and you know and, and mixing up. but this one for me was so so powerful in terms of the again i'm I have to admit, I, I I go with an emotional connection, and this to me had such a great emotional connection of of, of the story of the sailor and the passion and what what this was like to for him in, in this environment. So yeah, that's you know, that's just a little uh, bit of what I think. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna push you down the rabbit hole a little bit okay. more if you haven't seen it. The show with David Letterman on Netflix right now. My next guest needs yes. no introduction. Watch the Jay Z episode. Okay, good. It, it was it, it was really fascinating to hear him talk about his community and how actually intelligent and smart his peers are. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah like I said, for yeah. me going, oh, I like this this rap song, and then thinking, well, let's just see. And again, this one, my son reached out and he said, yeah. Dad, you need to see how this is put together. And he's the one who kind of gave me the connections to say, go down and check this out. And as I went further and further, it's like, oh, my God, and using the word. I mean, I want to do an old white guy, you know, rap kind of thing, you know, <laughs> and try that sometime. <laughs> it's so alluring. I mean, yeah. and, and to think about now we're going, I think, into almost 35 years. Mm-hmm. That where, Yeah, where, where hip-hop and rap is still dominating, and you're still seeing mainstream commercials where, you know, the older white yeah. guy is rapping, right, and right. It's, it's relevant for, you know, right. sorry, satire but i yeah absolutely it, it it's a shame that a lot of folks aren't able to break through the sort of outward imagery that, that unfortunately gets portrayed yeah but you know it's 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 also a gener- generational thing where you go yeah. i remember my mom and dad they were you know bing and frank mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. glenn miller and mm-hmm. all that and i love that that yeah, was yeah. that was great music and i still have For sure. that music but then it's like rock and roll came along and then you know uh, um, uh, the synthesizer came yeah, along. Yeah, the synth and the Moog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I just and want, yeah. It evolved. Everything kept changing, and yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, those kids today, that kind of music. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I, I just saw 20 Feet from Fame. Oh, about yeah, isn't that great? Isn't and, that great? And the woman who did the rape murder yes. from the Stones. Rape yeah. murder! Just how that whole thing came together. Yeah. She came out of, it just, yeah. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, that's it. Keeps evolving. It's fun. There fun, was there fun. was someone. Oh, they put it up on YouTube and these two celloists, and these guys yes. are doing. Yes, it's yes, yes, freaking yes, yes. phenomenal. Yes, mm. so good. Yes, I know and exactly it's, what we're talking it's about. taking something classical and going, boom, put that charge to it, and you're going, oh my god, this is like could open up your classical music. It's yeah. so really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, every press conference, every speech, every debate, 
should start out with some music. Yeah. You know, the first yeah. question, what's on your, what, what do you listen to what do you listen to today? Yeah. 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 You know, this, this society we're in is so like rigidly associated with yeah. talk. More music. More Let's music. talk. Yeah. <laughs> that should be a bumper sticker. It is for it WKLS is, so. out of Jersey. <laughs> what a concept. 94 The Whale. Wow. <laughs> Good song. All right. Sad to say, but here's your song number five. There's no place in this world where I'll belong when I'm gone. And I won't know the right from the wrong when I'm gone. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do tell. Phil Oaks. Um, yeah. This to me is my checkout song. <laughs> I've already requested this at the funeral. So ah, like, yeah, that kind of checkout. Yeah, yeah. Express line. Express line, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I, when I'm gone. Can yeah. you say that? Okay. I'm an unabashed humanist. Mm-hmm. I believe that that's part of the problem with our government right now is they don't consider the humans they consider the dollar mm-hmm. uh, so i've always been that way i've always been a, a, a radical liberal kind of humanist uh, <laughs> but this guy um and for those who don't know he was around when when bob dylan was starting out and Joni mitchell and the folk music and the protest songs and he really wrote some amazing stuff and his again wordsmithing is is brilliant just mm-hmm. like Dylan's, um, and they always had this kind of weird, strange rivalry. Uh, but that being said, I, I and I, I love Dylan, but but Phil was just uh, this song was just amazing to me. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna raise hell now while I'm here. I'm gonna I'm gonna shake up the establishment. I'm gonna say no, this is wrong. I'm gonna call them out because I'm not gonna be able to do it when I'm gone. Mm. So this to me was like, yeah, this is this is a good anthem. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to do it, don't don't sit on the side. Of the, you know, the only thing in the middle of the road is yellow stripes and dead armadillos. So so <laughs> you got to you got to be on one side or the other. Either you're on the side that that's that's for the people or you're on the side that's for the corporations mm-hmm. and the the opiate organizations and you know all the people that are about money, though, which is so interesting to hear you say from Texas. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of. Uh, you were either big oil money or you weren't. Yeah, I'm supposing. No, yeah, no, yeah. Are you? You know, you definitely had. You definitely had people that were wealthy, and but again, it comes from I think being around the military and seeing. Yeah. You know, now and that being said, I'm a huge supporter of the vet, so it, it disgusts me that, like we said earlier, that we've been in a war or some kind of conflict for the most of our. Yeah. Existence, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Either the the original population that mm-hmm. lived here, or mm-hmm. the Civil War, on and on and on. And it's just, you know, when when is enough enough? When mm-hmm. when can we start thinking that that the war machine shouldn't be so? It, it shouldn't be the biggest pig at the trough. And yeah. take the and, and most like, money. And like you say, like there is so much that that we can do now. Yes, you know, we and, are and, capable and, of. and in this moment and and the dialogue. I think. Texas surprised me, you know, it it really did. When I started getting gigs in Texas, I was kind of bracing myself for what I thought Texas might be all about. But there's just, it's it's a contradiction. We're all having the the same conversation. We're all having the same conversation. I mean, Bill Maher was talking about that not too long ago. He said, you know, I I, I play these, these places where we think that that oh man you can't you can't go there because but not all people are like that and no. it's this delusion we've been fed mm-hmm. that okay and Texas is a perfect example there my poor mother she used to say I'd say so how you doing mom and she goes oh honey I'm a blue stater living in a red state mm-hmm. and she just you know and she even though raised in the military too with her, mm-hmm. my husband her husband and it's like yeah um she was very liberal, but mm-hmm. she had to keep those those things to herself among certain friends because they wouldn't understand. And and and, and my conservatism. I yeah. mean, I was raised by hippies. Yeah. And uh, and I have such incredibly powerful conservative values in certain right. areas of my life. We all do. You know. And and it's 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 just I think I just wish yeah I, I I this conversation needs to be expanded into sort of like a, a you know. For, speaking for myself, I'm so threatened and I'm so defensive a lot right. of the time. 
And I think that's a cultural reality that we all have to self-examine. Right. And like I said, but, being an Irishman, is this a private fight or can anyone jump in? I love that you know, line. I heard that line for the first time a few months ago. <laughs> this is a private fight or can, can anybody jump, jump in? in? I don't yeah. know where I saw that. And that's that. truly, yeah, yeah. And it's like, so this kind of like fit me. You know, the Phil yeah. saying, Beautiful. okay, you know, I'm going to jump in now. Well, I can. So. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's and it holds up. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's even more relevant today, I mm-hmm. think, than ever before. But. You know, you've got to be proactive. I remember when uh, the first Iraq war started uh, and my sons were little and we took them on the anti-war march in Los Angeles. And I and, you know, he said, why are we doing this? I said, well, you're doing this because, A, you have the right to do this as an American and B, you have a right to say what you feel and stand up for that right may be taken away someday. It is in other countries and we have a chance to do that. So. You know what? Be on the right side. The mm-hmm. war is wrong. We don't need another war. They still haven't produced those WM days to this day. We still don't know where those weapons of mass destruction are. But you have a right to say no. I have a voice. And, you know, that's that's what I wanted to impart to them. Mm-hmm. That, that's what is instilled to me from my father, you know, mm-hmm. even though in the military, uh, you know, Vietnam was the perfect example. Mm-hmm. I, I got my draft number, and he said, if you're called, will you go? And I said, I will go. Because, you know, that's what's required of me. I said, but I don't plan on coming back because I can't see me doing that. He said, well, you know, I understand um, because that's that's the way it is. And he he's, but then that's when he and I started having our conversation about him turning against the war. Mm. And I saw it in him and it was like, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it is that even the military that's like, you know what, give me an order. I'll, how high do you want me to jump? Mm-hmm. I'll do that. And so, yeah. Yeah. What a great... Sorry for the downer all of a sudden. <laughs> not at all. Not no, at all. we go there. We okay, go there. Cool. We're not okay. afraid. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, let's flip the switch, shall we? Turn it right. over to David Earl Waterman. Turn it over for a little bit. Turn it over to Sorry. David Earl Waterman for a little game we call Band Name or Bar Name. Oh, That's geez, right, geez. Maggie Mayfield. This oh, is geez. time once again for Y-Tune Shuffle original quiz game called Is It the Band's Name or Is It the Bar's Name? Oh. In this competition, this is like Doug, <laughs> we we, uh, we travel all over the world uh, seeking different venues, towns, hamlets, cities, you name it, okay. where we research the names of local bands and local bars, and then we formulate a question based on one of each. So I'm going to take you now to Provincetown, Massachusetts, oh, okay. out on the Cape, okay. beautiful Provincetown. And it's summertime. Mm. We've just had our lobster roll, mm. and we're deciding where we're going to have dinner and and what we're going to see for a show. So I'm going to suggest to you that we go to the Northern Fried Revival for dinner, mm. okay? Because tonight, uh, Purple Feather Ooh. is playing. But I could just as easily say to you after our lobster roll, hey, do you want to go to the Purple Feather? Because Northern Fried Revival's playing there tonight. Which one is it, Doug and Maggie? Is the band name Northern Fried Revival or is the band name Purple Feather? And same for the cafe. It's been a while since I've done this. Wow. Do you understand the yeah, name yeah, of the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the name of the bar? Which is the name of the band? Northern Fried Revival? Purple Feather. Yeah, Northern Fried sounds good to me. For food uh, or music? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I got to decide. Yes, which is the band? Which it's is the, the band? One is the it's name the of the band. band. I said yeah, it's the band. Say, yeah, Purple Feather sounds like yeah, like revolutionary. Stick it, you know. So you're you're both saying that Purple Feather is the bar. Yeah. Yes. And you're you saying look too excited, like Northern Fried Revival <laughs> is the name of the band. Yes. <clears throat> well, Northern Fried Revival. One of the jammiest and rootsy cover bands in yeah, New England. Our, nice. The music is go. a combination of R&B, <laughs> classic Southern rock, mixed with a tinge of New Orleans funk. Yeah. Traditional blues and reggae and flavor. Blue-eyed soul meets black-eyed peas in a joyous <laughs> music. <laughs> black-eyed peas, nothing <laughs> like <laughs> fried okra. <laughs> these, guys, these folks live uh, just about 49 miles outside of Provincetown, but they do play P-Town all the time. You can check out Northern Fried Revival this summer, any summer, and all year round. And if you'd like something delicious to eat, the Purple Feather Cafe and Treatery is a significant part of Provincetown. (laughs) Our treatery features our own handmade chocolates, fudge, gelato Mm. ice cream, and desserts. Sit and enjoy a creative cocktail, gourmet coffee, 
or loose leaf tea to loosen your bowels. Delicious. <laughs> no, it doesn't say that. Delicious oh, lunch. Off. Delicious Brave. lunch offerings all day long. <laughs> So thank you very much for That's playing great. band name or bar name. That's great. Now your job, Doug, is to take us anywhere in the world so that we Pick can go and research mm-hmm. any city in the world. Oh, uh, yeah. Let, let's let's try Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Because there's a lot going on there. There sure so is. You no can, limits yeah. in Austin City. I'm going yeah. there in a couple weeks. Oh, nice. Yeah. Doing a gig? Yeah, but my Austin. sister also lives there too. So. Oh, sweet. I'm going to go see the, the nieces. So that's where we'll be next sweet. week. Thank you for playing yes. band name or bar name. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thinking very hard, we would love to hear the memory of your very first concert. Uh, yeah, this is this just goes back to that thing of of doing art and working uh, okay, gigs. Okay, okay. I um, at at Baylor there was a uh, Ruben Santos was the head of the the programming concerts and all, and I was the graphic designer for the program. And there was this young artist that was flying, and he was going to actually premiere in Los Angeles, but. Ruben convinced him to do a stopover in Waco, Texas. And he came on stage with his piano and in his coveralls and sat down to play, and his name was Elton John. Wow! <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I, I was working crew there. I was helping out, and it was like uh, this this fascinating gig. And so I got to see you know him. I got to see Chicago. Um, oh. Ten years after, there were all these great groups that this guy, Ruben Santos, was able to pull into Waco and... It was just, he was amazing how he was able, and it was like, yeah, yeah, this guy, Ellen John, he comes on with coveralls, he's kind of cool and laid back, and I love his songs, and wow. yeah. What Who knew? Cool yeah. Wow. Now, the irony is, we jump to years later, he's in Malibu, and we're doing an MTV video, and I'm working on the crew. Oh, isn't that So <laughs> it's like this weird, weird symmetry of, oh, yeah, that yeah. circle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. So, yeah, it was a weird connection, but it was a great first concert to start with. I uh, guess so. Yeah. I so. guess so. And what? What do? You, yeah. And before all of the pyrotechnics. Oh yeah, the yeah. Show, before the yeah, nonsense. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I, I thought the music was again. The music it stands was great. on its own. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. The I only other, that. the only other thing I got to do that was was like that was uh, <clears throat> again at Baylor, they had Memphis Blues Caravan, mm. and all of these amazing old Memphis. Musicians would come out, and they, and it was a great gig. And I was working the stage at that time on the set crew and the, the running the lights and stuff. And so when we were striking afterwards, one of the guys came out. Probably I can't remember his name, but he was this just amazing pianist. And he came out and he said, had his beer, and he goes, "You boys don't mind if I sit down and play a little bit?" And we said, "No, man, uh, go ahead." He gave us a free concert while we're striking the rest of the show. Wow. He's just and that's how he relaxed. He just sat down and played. Mm. And it was like. It, it, it was, you know, you, you think of moments like that, and you go, "The audience is left. This is for the crew, mm-hmm. and we're just." And it was like, it's just like the, the afterglow in Palm yeah, Springs yeah. or Frank Sinatra. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Elvis too. Yeah. So that was. Uh, what about the last concert you went to? Last show, last music you saw live? <sighs> trying to think what it was. It's been so. That's long. always a hard one yeah, for people. Yeah. The yeah. last yeah. one. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think what it, it's been so long. Um, comes to mind it was probably it, it probably wasn't a concert it was just a club club gig at the at the lighthouse down in hermosa beach i was at a they used to do a lot of jazz mm-hmm. down there and, and i lived down there for a while and we would go you know it was short walk to the lighthouse and i would go down there and listen to, yeah. to music but it was it was in a small intimate you know combo but it was just like great and Again, it was jazz, so I was a happy camper. Yeah. So, yeah. There you yeah. go. Get a, get a cocktail yeah. in you. You're good to go. Yep. Yep. Well, Doug, that's, that's been awesome. Anything that you are working on currently that you want to talk about? Or how do we find you? What's your corner of the internet? Uh, let's see. Well, you know, everyone uses IMDb. That's the that's the one where you can find out. Yeah, you're really busy to. on there. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that kind of lists Have a lot you of stuff. seen his IMDb? It's insane. <laughs> Everything from, let's see... Uh, the Grinch is on yeah, there. Yeah, The Grinch, Jack and Lego Jill. movies, Jack and Jill. God, Massacre on Isle 12, of course. Yeah. Sing is on Sing, there. Yeah. Finding Dory. Like, who are you? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've been very lucky. You've been, uh, do, very you've been lucky. working a lot, which yeah, is amazing. Yeah. Atlantis it, down, racist number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> racist number one. I, I, get, I get that typecasting, yeah. too. I'll take it. Yeah, it's know. one of those deals where it's Let's see, who's the racer on Doug? <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Who can go there? It's like, yeah, in a hilarious. heartbeat. <laughs> 
But yeah, I just finished a feature called Doug, strangely enough. And yeah, and it's it's an independent. um, It's been fascinating because it's a a young director who's Johnny Boy is a. He's amazing. He's he's committed. He's he's making it happen. And you know, I I believe in in supporting that. I don't mind. I mm-hmm. love that when someone and he's he's even said to me. He says, you know, I, I hope you don't mind, man. He's taking a while. And I go, dude, I I'm on the bus. Mm-hmm. I'm here for the whole nine yards. So, yeah. you know, in this business for me, it's not work. It's a joy when yeah. you get to do it. If it's independent, if it's if you know, I don't need the trailer and the whole nonsense it's like no no i want to be in the thick of it and especially with these young directors that have all this technology now that you know it's like right. you know what are you shooting well i'm shooting 4k but i want to do yada 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 and, and i'm using such and such and you're just it, you have to just stay open to it because it's yeah. all there so mm-hmm. and that. he's yeah he's great i'm i'm excited to see how it turns out his name uh johnny uh, johnny johnny <laughs> <laughs> Latona, okay. I think. <laughs> I see. It's you're like, so close to him. It's just Johnny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just Johnny Boy. It's I mean, Johnny we, we too worked close. together. Yeah, you're too we, close. Well, I mean, he's gonna hate out. me. He's gonna hear this. He's gonna say, no, "Man, I can't mm. believe you did that." No, I'm <laughs> excited. Title of the film, Doug. We'll be looking out for that. Yeah, yeah. IMDb. Are you a Twitter? You're not an Instagram. No, I'm not an Instagram. Not a Twitter. That's cool. I, I do Facebook and mostly coffee posts. Okay. I'm, I'm a huge coffee friend. You I've know, it's heard, like, yes. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, that's my daily post. Uh, uh, it's all about coffee. So Perfect. Well, thank you for thank your you. time and your energy you. coming on the show. I hope show. you enjoyed the songs. Yeah, oh, I did. for sure. <laughs> very, very that's much. what this is. That's why we awesome. do it. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Baby. Good, David good, Earl good. Waterman, you're the coolest co-host ever. Bang. What's his name again? David Earl Waterman. <laughs> Johnny something. something. Yeah. Johnny boy, I'm Johnny! sorry. I'm so sorry. Love you, Maggie. I've been Maggie Mayfield. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, and share. We are on all the social medias at YTune Shuffle, and we keep growing on all the platforms. So find us on your favorite uh, podcast. Platform. Platform. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Ta-da. for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Y-Tunes Shuffle.